welcome to Somehow I Dad. Thank you so much for... Uh, no, I can't do it like that, dude. We can't do it like that. What do you usually say? Give me like your script, bro. Uh, I usually just say, hello, hello. We're back with episode six of My Dad, the podcast about dad life. Got it. All right. Hello, hello, everybody. We are back with Somehow I Dad, a podcast about dad life. Thank you for joining us for episode six. Today, we got Tyler Halen from Alabama. Hey, yo. And Garrett from Chicago. Yodelake. And Mr. TJ from Seattle. What's going on, everybody? Who are you? And I'm Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's supposed to pick that up for me. Jeez, boys. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was getting an intro. Unbelievable. Uh, we've got a great episode in store for you guys. Let's get into it. Uh, what's happened since our last dad cast? Anybody got any stories about their kids or families they want to share? Yeah, so uh, Aspen just turned three. We had her birthday party. Um, she had an absolute blast. Um, we kind of forgot about it. Um, <laughs> because, not, not, not necessarily forgot about it, but kind of put it to the back burner and left it there uh, because Oakley was born on the 7th and her birthday is on the 20th. So it's right there together and we hadn't got any presents yet. We hadn't booked a place or planned a party yet because we're all like stressed out about the baby. So we kind of put a birthday party together. Like I text you guys in the group chat like four or five days before. <laughs> so we just, we went to Burger King, played the play place. That's all we did. Um, we bought her gifts. So I was kind of worried we didn't get her enough, but we got her, we got her enough grandparents, everything. It was, it was awesome. And then, uh, when we get home, um, we're good. Next day, she wakes up and we give her like this little cupcake and we decorate the whole kitchen for her because it's the day of her birthday. Um, and then that night, she's sitting in the bathtub and she starts singing happy birthday to herself. <laughs> she's happy birthday, dear Abby. <laughs> like she's singing to herself in the tub and then she'll call you like we'll leave her in there and let her play and she'll call us in there and she's like, daddy, and call me in there. And I'll come in there. And she said, Sing happy birthday to me. <laughs> like on demand, she wants it. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought that was hilarious. And then she That's did awesome. come up with a she came up with a new saying this week. So it's uh okay. she calls she, <laughs> she calls okay. parks tree parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see I how like she that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she they said are tree parking the, lots. I want to go to the tree parking lot. I said, what? The place where all the trees are parked, like they're standing up. I said, what are you talking about? She said, where we go play. I said, you're talking about the park? And she said, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Lot. <laughs> like it's, everybody should know that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when kids come up with stuff. Luke once called uh, boogers in your nose. Uh, he was like that. I need a tissue for my nose poop. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh "What?" And he's like, "You know, it's up here." And I'm like, "That's a booger, but nose poop, I guess." Like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's funny, Gordo. How was uh, how was Evie's birthday party? I know that was a little bit ago. That was good, man. It was it was definitely good. We um we went overboard on it though. We were like. And we didn't really realize it till after we bought everything and set it up. And like 10 minutes into when the party started, we're like, yeah, we really didn't need to do all this. So <laughs> it was, it was really good. We just, uh, definitely spent too much money on it. Um, 
but no, man, we got we definitely got a lot of stuff, and and she's super happy. We we made a little playroom in the house, and she Heck yeah, uh, yeah, she loves she loves going in there, and we're actually um. It's super exciting. She walked for the first time this week. So uh, yeah, she, she knows how to walk and she's done it. Like she'll hold your hand and walk next to you and stuff. But, um, she was like playing against the back glass and like smacking the back window. And then she turned around and, and, um, just walked to like the coffee table and Riss and I were like, (laughs) what the heck? And then she looked at us and she starts clapping her hands and we're like (laughs) clapping our hands. So she starts yelling. She's just, she gets so hyped up. She loves to, uh, she loves to get a reaction out of me. She loves to get a reaction out of wrist too, but like there's definitely, we're definitely in that daddy daughter bonding time now. And it's, it's pretty cool. And she, that's great. She yells daddy. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. That's awesome. So nice. Yeah, man. Uh, it's winter break or mid winter break for the kids. So the oldest two are home which is both nice because it means that all four of the kids are playing together. But it also means my house is in infinite chaos at all times. <laughs> so um, that can be a little stressful. And we all got sick in like the last week. So that was exhausting. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's been, it's good. I like having time with the kids. Um, even though they can be overwhelming at times, it's really nice to just like sit down on the couch and have like three kids just mob you and just want to sit with you. That's fun. Yeah. And then they start getting rowdy and then they like hit me in the face by accident. I'm like, Hey, go, go play, go build Legos somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Gare Bear, are you, uh, starting to feel that baby feeling close? Dude, it is the weirdest feeling in the world. Because we feel we're getting, I mean, we're like, we were just talking about it today. Like we, the longest we have is two months, but after like a month, it could just be any time. So it is a weird feeling, man. It's like, I think the nerves are kind of starting to sit in a little bit more day by day, like for the longest time. And even now it's just like, man, we are so pumped and so ready to meet this little guy. And then every once in a while, it's just like, oh my god, like I'm, this is this is insane. Like we are actually having a baby. Like I am way too, like I, it's just like I'm way too young to have a baby, because I still feel like I'm 18. You know, I still feel like I'm like just out of high school. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a strange feeling. But man, we're so excited. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'll kind of kind of give a recap on kind of what's been going on in my life. Um past few weeks um i it was a few weeks ago but i had texted you guys like it was a rough week uh for me we had um it's just one of those weeks where you just like nothing seems to go your way work was pretty busy um and we were at the time looking to buy a new car because my car um is a little bit smaller um it doesn't have um enough room for our stroller to fit into it so like we gotta we're like we gotta find something that's a little bit bigger uh, that'll kind of fit what our family is gonna be adapting to. Um, so I'm like trying to trying to find a new car. I found one I was gonna go find. Um, I was like, great, my car is in really good shape. I haven't been in any accidents. Um, three days before I go buy this car, um, I got into a car accident. Um, 
and <laughs> got some damage on my car. Um, so that was great. Um, also, oh uh, a few days after that. So I think this this was like the day before we were going to get the car. Um, so I think I got in a car accident on Tuesday, and then like Thursday or Friday, we were on our we were on our way to um, a birthing class, and I, I we're like leaving a restaurant class and i get a notification on my phone and it's like from cash app and it's like you have spent 76 dollars at taco bell and i was like no i didn't that's an absurd amount of money to spend at taco bell like what the heck yeah don't be judgy as, <laughs> as i'm like processing this i get another notification from cash app you have spent 46 dollars at taco bell and then another one, you have spent $65 a Taco Bell. And then another one, you have spent 43 as a Taco Bell. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Um, so my Cash App, uh, actually my Cash App account didn't get hacked. Long story short, somebody hacked my Taco Bell account, which my Cash App card was linked to. And they just bought, they bought a ton of Taco Bell, about $400 worth of Taco Bell and a bunch of different Taco Bells across the U.S., um, and I had to dispute all the charges. I called Cash App because I first thought my Cash App card got hacked, but it wasn't my Cash App card. It was the Taco Bell uh, app. Cash App was no help. They were like, basically, you like we can't help you. You have to contact Taco Bell. Um, so I had to call all these different Taco Bells and cancel these enormous orders. Um, and uh, this guy goes into the app. He changes my name on my app. Um, from you know Garrett Brock to David Williams. I'm calling you out, David. Um, and uh, but he doesn't change You're my never... password. So he doesn't change my password. So I immediately unlinked my Cash App card and changed my name back, and then changed my password, which logged him out. Um, and had to dispute all that. Um, so man, it was it was one of those weeks where it was like it when it rains it pours. Um. And like, dude, like, what the hell? Get your own damn Taco Bell, David Williams. Get out of my life. Um, you never so. trust a man with two first names. Dude, it was <laughs> unbelievable. It was a week, but hey, at, in the end, it all worked out. We went to the dealership. Um, I actually got as much money as I was hoping for for my car, even with the damages. So um, it all worked out, and we were thankfully able to upgrade my car and walk out of there without a car payment. So, nice. man. That's all. That's all that's I can my, ask for. So that's me raising Is my hand. Hey, yeah. You have asked you have a back? question, Gordon? Did you get your money back? I did get my money back. Yes. Also, let me know where those Taco Bells were, so I could find David Williams. Dude, there was like some in <laughs> L.A. There was some in Texas. What? Um, like it was literally like all like it was like it was different a different location each order. So what was his what was his play here? Like if I he, was, that's what I he wanted to watch the world burn. Like, <laughs> like he wasn't going to receive any Taco Bell. And then he says, then he puts his name in your app and says, "Remember my name." <laughs> like there, there's no, there's no logic behind that. He there's didn't no get your money. Game. No. He didn't get your food. All, all you know is that this guy is just pure evil, dude. He's pure evil. Wow. I. This is not even a prank that I would, I would pull off. Like there's no. Like, wow. at least if you're going to do something, like, at least do something where you're going to get something out of it. I don't know. Like, oh, that's <laughs> dude, I want the Taco man. Bell if I'm going to hack your app, dude. Which is really it's funny. It's going to be my Taco Bell that's five minutes from my house. And I'm going to get some tacos. 
Dude, it might be Tyler. He just pulled up the Taco Bell app and was ordering. Something. <laughs> I did. I did. Dude, it was. His so password is Fuzzy Bear sixty nine. Shut up! Unbelievable. Uh, but what's funny is like I've so when I was on a work site a few months ago, we I was in charge of ordering food for everybody for like the week we were there, um, and I I tried to place like an order at a Taco Bell for like twenty people, um, and this order was three hundred and fifty dollars, um, and Taco Bell it was through DoorDash, and Taco Bell declined the offer declined the um the order which i've never i didn't know it was possible um because i would imagine whoever was receiving the order in the front of house looked at that receipt and said if we fulfill this i quit i'm not making 40 burritos <laughs> like so <laughs> i i was you know how long this, it would take them dude so david williams knew the system ahead of time because he knew that he couldn't place a huge order of $350. He had to disperse it between $70 and $60 and $40. So this guy's smart. <clears throat> but, and at the same point, he's not just stressing you out. He's stressing out each one of these Taco Bells, too. Yeah. So I Those poor, em- poor employees. Yeah. I can't usually I can solve like this really quickly. This one, this guy's got me stumped, dude. We're gonna have to bring in David Politis for missing four one one here to figure out this case. I'm telling you. So when uh when you traded your car in, did you get it fixed before? Oh no. Not Absolutely all. not, dude. I mean I know a good repairman in Ohio if you need one. Oh my god. Yeah. Is it Slipsky, dude? Slipsky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. How many guaranteed work you want it to look like it's been in? <laughs> Two or three? <laughs> guaranteed work done by Sunday. <laughs> oh, my God. Done by Sunday every time. But I would say you said never trust a person with two first names. Mr. Garrett is in that boat. No, 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 no. Um, Bro, you know whoa, the last name... Who do you know that has the last name Garrett? No, no he said two, first, no, two names. first names. And Miles Garrett has the last name Garrett. Thank you very much. That is true. <laughs> oh, dang. Wow, that was quick. All right. Well, quick. guess I'm well, that was that was solved. <laughs> well, no, I trust Garrett. I trust Garrett because I only know one Brock. And he was a trainer back in the 90s or so. That makes sense. Pokemon trainer. <laughs> He was a trainer. Nice. I thought you were serious. I was waiting like a bodybuilder, like an MMA trainer. (laughs) I mean, everybody knows Brock Lesnar, but like, I mean, not Pokemon Red. Just just slip Pokemon underneath there real quick at the end. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, Brock teaches my Zumba class. (laughs) Oh, that was well done. Wow. Well, hey, if you have any questions about dad life, parenting, married life, or just general questions about Gordo's latest civic modifications, please follow us <laughs> and message us on Instagram, comment on YouTube at somehowidad, or email us at somehowidad at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, we actually did get an email uh, question this week. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. I have yeah. to say something. I, I yeah. just love that you, I love that you take like, 25 ADHD text messages that I take during the week and sum it up with a joke every single week, dude. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But anyways, carry on. Carry on. Uh, this week's question is actually brought in part to us by uh, the one and only Sir Tony Giddens. Good God. 
<laughs> he uh, he uh, wrote in and said, uh, "What is the greatest Christmas present that you've ever received as a kid, and would you get it for your kids?" Oh, I got this one. I got it. I know exactly the first one that came to mind. My platinum silver limited edition Nintendo GameCube was the greatest thing I ever got for Christmas, and my parents went and got the little dock on the bottom that I could play my Game Boy games in it. And that was the best gift I ever got. And I have played it with my oldest son because I still have Super Smash Bros and Star Wars Clone Wars and one of the Star Fox games. I do. That's awesome. And my two wireless controllers that still work. (laughs) That's awesome. had wireless controllers? Yeah, they were called the Wavebird. Dude. You got uh, so they, you got Super Mario Sunshine. No. Oh my gosh, dude! This is a hot take, but Super Mario Sunshine was the greatest Mario game known to man, dude. Even better that's, than Galaxy. That's yeah. A hot yeah. Take. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I wish I I really w- I'm really waiting for a Nintendo Switch remake. Honestly, it was really good. I've never, I've never Brothers. Smash what? Brothers Melee is like the greatest thing. Never yeah. Really. Yeah. You have a that week? was like no. the <coughs> the Saturday mornings at friends' houses, we'd all meet up and play splits or all four of us playing Smash Bros. That's mine. Yeah, that was yeah. my best Christmas present. And I still remember it. I also might remember it because I snuck into my parents' room to see what they got me before Christmas. I found it on the floor in their closet and the joy that was there that I couldn't share because it was like two weeks before Christmas was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say my favorite Christmas present I ever got, or at least my most memorable one, probably because I got traumatized heavily, um, was one year I had got, it was the year that I had gotten Guitar Hero um, and I really wanted it and my uncle had gotten it for me, but um, he loved to prank me every year and would and would get me a present um, that that I knew that he knew I would hate. And so, you know, everyone's opening presents gets to me. I have the last present, um, and I get this really big box. And I go to open it, and I'm so excited because I'm like, it's Guitar Hero. Like this is the only thing I asked for. Um, and I op- I rip open the wrapping paper, and it was our Roomba. And I was in like. <laughs> I was in like fourth grade at the time, I think. Nice. And I get a Someone Roomba. Someone bought you a Roomba? And I remember sitting there. Tears came out of my eyes just <laughs> involuntarily. But I just remember sitting there being like, thank you so much. Like, I'm really happy for this Roomba. But internally, it was just like devastated. And I and you know he kind of lets it sit for like dude he let it sit for probably twenty or thirty minutes like we went on to do something else and then finally he comes out and he's like oh I'm so sorry like here's your actual present and then gave me Guitar Hero and I cried again was very excited and very happy Um, that is a solid uncle move though yeah he did that all the time and as I got older I just began to I began to expect it Um, but that was like the first year that he really got me. so that was my that was my favorite Christmas present I think I ever got, and I would definitely give that to to my kids. Um, a Roomba, a Roomba, yes, 
I'll pick up after them. <laughs> nice. Keep the rooms clean. I do have a Roomba now. Shout out DJ Roomba. Thank you, Roomba. So I you guys- definitely played Super Mario Sunshine. Sorry, I was stuck on that. I remember that. I, I definitely played it. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, dude, the jetpack. It was like you. Would the like- jetpack was money. I had to see the cover art of the game to be like, oh, dude, it was yeah. so good. We would we would have still had our GameCube. Like my brother Andrew, he has everything. He's just like the walking like photo album, and <laughs> he. Uh, we just we kind of gave him all, like all of our game systems and said just keep these safe and. Zach got the N64, and then there's there's a whole story behind that, but it went missing. <laughs> and um, he still he might have bought another one. So we have we have some of our stuff, but Drew's got like all of our old 360s and everything. We just we gave our GameCube away, and it's a huge bummer because now they're pretty expensive. They are really expensive. Hey, you can Drew, probably Drew, and just play your GameCube games on that. Drew and so Ian are just playing games every night. It's the same. Speaking of Wii, speaking of Wii, did you see that they made they're making Warzone available for Nintendo Switch? What? (laughs) And all the memes, all the memes coming about people playing Warzone with like Wii controllers. (laughs) It's pretty funny. I don't think Nintendo kids can handle Call of Duty. No, not at all. If your parents bought you that, it's because they didn't want you to play multiplayer. <laughs> Tyler, what were you going to say before I said that? I'm going to uh, I'm going to call out Mr. Tony Giddens because I asked for the same gift probably for ten years and I never got it. Um, <laughs> I asked for or there's two gifts. I asked for a PlayStation Two. I asked for a PlayStation Three. Those are the only two things that I asked for. That's all I ever wanted. I never got that. But I did receive some great Christmas gifts. So I'm not going to completely drag him on the podcast. Uh, when I was around probably seven, eight, I received like, it was, it was Santa Claus got it. My dad didn't get it. So he can't take the credit. It was this, uh, (laughs) this big castle like thing and you could put it together and take it apart and like expand it. And the blocks were probably like a 12 by 12. Like they were pretty big blocks. You could like create your own castle and build your own windows and stuff. And as a seven year old, I was on cloud nine. Like that was incredible. Like I loved it. And then my second favorite gift would have to be like, I got this, uh, like, you know, the arcade style basketball machines, like in Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese or David Busters. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those, but like, it's for your home and you know, it's got Heck like yeah. the little vinyl thing that shoots the ball back towards you. Like it's obviously yeah. not a big metal machine, but I got one of those and I played with that thing forever. I loved it. Those are my two favorite Heck gifts. Yeah. That's cool. Still never got a PS2. Thanks dad. <clears throat> I don't know if uh, Tony, if you're listening, I don't know if to- if Tyler told you, but I definitely had a dream about you this past week. Um, I don't know, I don't know why or what was oh what was going on, but all I remember was walking. I was like walking into a gas station, and this guy walks past me. We like kind of stare at each other for a second and keep on walking. And I turned around. I was like, Tony, is that you? And you were like, Yep, <laughs> I'm here to see you. And then I woke up from my dream. <laughs> I don't know what. Was. Yep, I'm here to see you. <laughs> so Tony, uh, shout out to you. You're you're making big waves on this podcast. Or what? What about you? What was your favorite Christmas present as a kid? <laughs> oh my god. Um, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly like. I can't really remember like much that I got. 
that I was like super stoked about. It was always like a bunch of little things. Like I, I love collecting like cards and Beyblades and different things like that and action figures. Um, and probably one of my favorite though to date was a pinball machine. That was like I was super stoked about a pinball machine. It wasn't like like it was. It wasn't the greatest pinball machine ever, but it was. Uh, I just remember being so much fun. That's, that's pretty probably, sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. But honestly, my favorite gift ever. I think it was technically my birthday. Was a uh, Game Boy Color. Remember, my dad took me to this little place called Family Toy Warehouse in like a thunderstorm, and it was lime green, and I was super stoked, and like <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" Because it was like the thing back then. I was like, "I can't believe my dad could get this for me," you know. I was like, "Yeah," just a little kid. I was so excited, and like to this day, I just remember like thinking my dad was like the coolest thing when he was getting me this little Nintendo Game Boy. I, but... I still have my Game Boy Color. Really. Oh man! Yep. I had the I had transparent had purple. Nice. Had, and my I kids play had, with it now. That's sweet, dude. The oldest I have is the Game Boy SP, which is also lime green. <laughs> so I got in trouble when I got my SP because uh, it was my parents being good humans and looking out for kids who are dumb. But for Christmas, ironically, I got these packs of limited edition, the Fast and the Furious Hot Wheels. Mm. And I had like the freaking Skyline. I had all like the cars from the movie just in little Hot Wheels. And some kid wanted them so bad. He traded me his Game Boy Advanced SP for like five Hot Wheels. Oh, my gosh. That's (laughs) awesome, dude. At the time, I'm like. I didn't think about it. Like I wasn't trying to fleece the kid. And but I like a couple days later, my mom sees me and she's like, Where'd you get that? And I was like, Oh, I traded some of my Hot Wheels for it. And that was the end. That was the end of it. Did you have to give it back? I did. And I got my cars back. And he was he was just as mad that he lost the cars. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it was it was it was a weird I think about it. Every once in a while, where I'm like, I should have just kept it. Yeah, yeah dude. We should have traded it back and not let the parents see it. You should maybe because... get back in touch with him and see if he still has it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, that was the thing because on my color, I had to have like the little freaking light that plugged into the side so you could play it in the dark. Oh, yeah, the, dude. The SP had the light up screen and that was yep. the freaking B's knees. Oh, yeah, dude. I, re- I remember specifically getting the SP and being like, Dude, I cannot wait till it's dark tonight so I can play this thing. Like, it was just awesome because even when you had the little clip-on light, it was just a glare. You had to hold it sideways so you could even see anything. I remember. Yep. I remember. I remember playing awesome. mine in bed and having to put the covers over over me so they could <laughs> see. <laughs> like, oh, if yeah. you're playing, if you're playing in the middle of the day, you've got to have a blanket over the top of your head so that you can yep. see what you're. <laughs> Good what you're luck playing. playing it in the back of a car on a road trip. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You take that one turn on the freeway and you're like, I can't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like nothing. Attention parents. Are you tired of struggling to get your kids to help out with chores around the house? 
Look no further than the Extreme Chores, the motion control video game that makes cleaning fun and exciting for the whole family. Are you tired of boring old chores? Ditch the mop and bucket and get your adrenaline pumping with Extreme Chores! From washing windows to scrubbing toilets, this game will put you to the test. With each level, the tasks get more difficult and the obstacles get tougher. With Extreme Chores, your children will have a blast racing against the clock to complete challenging cleaning tasks. The snap-on tools make each job feel like the real thing, and with the wireless controllers, you're free to push it to the limit! Some household chores included with the base game are raking, collect, pile, and bag before the heavy winds pick up, sort elm, maple, and oak leaves in the intense bonus level, dishes, use the frying pan adapter to wash and dry growing piles of cookware, flatware, and glasses from Thanksgiving dinner, yard work, dig shrub holes, move piles of rock, and spread red cedar mulch with the included spade attachment. And our favorite, the litter box. Keep up with those kittens as you scoop and sift the clumpable litter in an intense race that pits you against odor. The game's motion controlled remote is easy for kids to use and encourages them to get up and moving, which means they'll be burning off energy while also learning valuable life skills. Plus, this game's colorful graphics and catchy soundtrack will keep your little ones entertained for hours on end. Let's hear some reviews from our valued customers. Mark Ewig on Amazon said, Our daughter has been asking for an allowance. For this birthday, we decided to give her one as long as she did some household chores. This was the perfect gift for it. Wrapped up the box and told her she was getting chores for her birthday and she chucked the box and cried. Amber Youngblood on Amazon said, My four-year-old just opened this for Christmas and he was so upset. Thanks, Mark and Amber. We appreciate you too. So what are you waiting for? Get up off the couch and start your extreme cleaning adventure today. Extreme Chores is available now on all major gaming platforms. Uh, today's uh, topic uh, we're going to talk about this week is how to balance your marriage, your kids, and your career. Um, in today's world, you know everything is pulling your attention in a thousand different ways um, at all times of the day. Um, so, how do you how do you guys balance your marriage, your kids, and your career? Um, <clears throat> I will say that I've been married. It's ten years this year, and it is Congrats. still a learning process like there are times there will be like months that we nail it and there will be months that we just absolutely suck um yeah i would say thinking through it it's it's all about being intentional but at the same time sometimes life does get in the way and there's nothing you can do about it work gets busy um but having intentional set aside time for date night with the wife and maybe one-on-one time with your kids. Um, and I, I struggle with that more with four kids. Cause as I'll say as a dad, taking out all four kids at once is daunting. Like I'm just mildly terrified. Um, but having the, like over the summer, I took all four kids to the park, but then, uh, in the fall, it was like the, Hey, AJ, come, let's go to the store. Mom needs me to pick some stuff up. You're just going to roll with daddy and it'll be a daddy daughter day. Mm-hmm. Or, 
Luke, we're going to Lowe's or the hardware store. And you're just going to come with me. I know all I need to do is grab freaking uh, weed whacker twine and some two-stroke oil. But we're going to do it. I know I'm going to spend 10 times longer at Lowe's because you're going to ask me what everything is. (laughs) But that's part of the experience. And that's setting aside that time. And then same thing with the wife is there are nights where I'm like, hey, I'm just we're going to sit on the couch. We're going to watch a movie or we're going to start a series that we've been talking about. And it doesn't have to be fancy date night. It just has to be knowing your partner's love language. And like yeah. my wife is 100% quality time. Yeah. Which is hard for me because I'm not a quality time person at all. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's weird. Cause in that's like how you see or how you show love versus how you feel love. Like I'm a physical touch person, top on both, and then I show love through acts of service and gifts, and I feel love through like words of affirmation. So quality time doesn't even sit there at all. But my wife is a quality time person, but over the course of our marriage, quality time, I've discovered, is not like sit and hold hands and stare deeply into each other's eyes. (laughs) It's sitting on the couch watching a movie together or even doing chores. Like I go into the kitchen, I help her with the dishes, put food away. Just like doing life together is what she craves or what she needs to feel love. And there are times I succeed at that. And there are times that I'm, I really fail at that. And I get into like, I'm playing Xbox or I'm going to be in the studio recording guitar stuff. And because I don't feel the need for quality time, I forget how important it is to her because I'm recharged. I gave her a hug. I squeezed her butt. I'm good for the day. I feel (laughs) loved. Everything is great. Yeah. But um, it's really knowing what your partner needs. And as your kids get older, you'll start to see what their love language is. Yeah. Like in my oldest too, I definitely know Luke is a words of affirmation. It's like, that is a great Lego set. You did such a good job building that and the quality time side on him. Let me sit down, help you with that Lego set. Let me, let's watch this YouTube together of somebody playing Minecraft, like stuff like that where um that's 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 the balance and work i i have a fake job so there's really i don't have to work on balance on that at all (laughs) i think that's really huge i um i love the the love language thing because i think it's so um so key into every relationship um and i it's funny i haven't really even thought about it about having that my kids are going to have a love language someday. Um, like I know Kate and I obviously do, um, but we our our languages are, are the exact opposite kind of like you said, like I'm, <clears throat> I'm physical touch was my number one. And my last one was quality time and her number one was quality time. And her last one was physical touch. So um, like we, we just constantly have to be aware of that and working at that. Um, but I think even knowing what your kids love language is as huge as well. Um, cause it helps you communicate with them, um, more effectively and helps you take advantage of some of that, like time that you might not have is just, is communicating effectively. Um, 
for those listening, if you don't have, if you don't, if you haven't taken the love language test, um, if you just go to take a quick Google search um, and, and type in love language test, it's probably the first one that pops up. Um, it's five long, five love languages.com um, and see what kind of um, have, have, I would recommend that you take the test that your spouse takes the test. Um, and if you even want to get into so intricate, intricate of having your kids take the test, I think there's even a kids test as well. Um, that isn't like the exact test that the adults take. Um, that'll help you kind of figure out how to give love and receive love to those around you best. Um, that was of all the premarital counseling thing that we did was the biggest thing. Cause I had never thought about the difference between how you show love and how you feel loved. Cause I always yeah. thought they'd be the same, but they are, they can be very different. Very different. Like if, if people give me gifts, I feel so uncomfortable. Like I hate <laughs> gifts. I really do. Me too. And words of affirmation I'm one of those people that I need to hear it, but I don't believe it when I hear it. So if somebody yeah. comes up to me after church on Sunday, like you killed it on guitar. I'm like, but did I, <laughs> did, did I really? And it's not even like false humility. It's just like, it's like the, but in that bridge, I definitely played a five instead of a four, <laughs> but nobody on the freaking yeah. uh, congregation will hear it. And I mean, my worship leader will hear it because he's like a savant with all things music. Yeah, and he'll give me the little look when I throw in something weird, yeah. and I'll get the little huh, and I'm like, "Don't worry, about <laughs> it. it's all good, it's all good. I got this." But yeah, the knowing how you show love and how you receive love, and know that and just the people in your circle, it's important. Like it's come up in conversation, like with my worship team, because yeah. we spend a lot of time together. And it's good to know those people that you really care about when they're having a bad day. How do you make their day better? Is it the yeah. person that you show up with a, a thing of cookies from crumble? Is that, is that going to make their absolute day? Or is it just a hug and say, you guys are killing it. Like you're doing great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm still trying to, uh, to figure this whole thing out. <laughs> we've, uh, <laughs> we've, only been married for, we've only been married since 2019. So it's it's been four years come next month, um, so it's it's really un, like like TJ said, understanding what what each other's love language is and how they like to receive love. Like Ashley today, I brought her home a uh, like cinnamon roll, and oh my god, you would have thought like I bought her the moon. Like <laughs> she was over the top excited about it. Like her whole attitude changed. She got energy. Aspen's the same way. You know, you give her sugar and she's off the wall. But uh, <laughs> and her, but she still goes she's great. right away. <laughs> yeah, she go right to bed. Um, we need to share but, Tony's beam on the page, by the way. <laughs> but uh, she likes receiving small stuff like that. Anything that's sentimental and thoughtful. So like cards. She doesn't want like you could buy her a Louis Vuitton person. She's gonna love it. But if you buy her a card from the the store and you write a little note on the inside, she's gonna love that ten times as much. She's yeah. like the cheapest person to buy gifts for because that's what she loves the most. Is she loves anything that like has any meaning towards it? She's very sentimental. Um, she's not so much as quality time, like sit down and watch TV or watch a movie, as she just wants you to like be in the house or in the room or in the next room from her, so she just feels safe. Yeah. Um, where I'm like really like quality time, like I want to sit down, I want to watch a movie, I want to watch TV, I want to go do something. Like I want to go to a nice restaurant, I want to go to a movie, like I want to go do something. 
mine's like quality time and physical touch and hers is like physical touch and uh just knowing that i'm i'm near um, gifts and not even gifts yeah. but it's that it's just like, the sentimental uh, stuff yeah 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 That's, it's not even yeah. like she's not very monetarily driven so it's not, not like i give her two hundred dollars and she's over the moon you know <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's the stuff that yeah. like she's even said like for christmas and birthdays she wants like cards instead of like gifts. So like I'll sit down with Aspen and, and she wants me to like sit down and like make her something homemade with the kids. Yeah. That's, that's what she wants for Christmas. And that's if you just gave her a homemade card, she would be over the moon. So it's, it's what, just learning each other's love language. What blew my mind. And like, and the, this goes back to like the learning experience. I learned in like the last two years that a practical gift for my wife that, falls in line with her dreams or what she loves is like the best thing. Cause I was all about the, let's get her a purse. Let it, let's get her something like that. But when I bought her a professional kitchen aid, and for those of you who don't know, my wife is like a chef extraordinaire. She's got her like YouTube channel and her TikTok and stuff. She makes incredible food caters for the church. But when I bought her, I bought her her camera for her to record her YouTube videos and TikToks. And I bought her a professional grade KitchenAid mixer and like all the bells and whistles, the cheese shredder, the pasta roller, like all that stuff. Wow. That, that was one of those moments where it was like, I gave her the moon because I believe in her cooking enough that I'm going to spend money on it. Like it's not yeah. the money that was spent. It's the belief in what she, that she's worth investing in. Yeah. And that was, that was a, an eye opener. Cause yeah, it's like, it can be a cheap thing. I can buy my wife like a set of spatulas and that's like the best thing ever or cute little mix, uh, measuring spoons. And it's not about the thing. It's about the, uh, reinforcement that I believe in her. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and it's not just like your, your love language between each other. It's, it's, it's again, it's how do you balance everything? Um, like we're still trying to learn how to uh, to focus on each other and focus on the children at the same time. Because how do you how do you just leave the kids with your parents or leave the kids with whoever and just go away for four hours and not worry about them? That's her thing. Like she cannot not worry about the kids. And it's I guess it's getting into a groove to where it's it's more and more comfortable. Um, and as far as your career, I don't think we we push too hard into our careers. Um, we do enough and we go beyond to provide a life for our children that we think they should have. Um, but we're not working like 90 hours a week. Like we're not going to do that. We're still going to make sure you're not a lawyer. Yeah. We're not a lawyer. We're a, we're not a coal miner, like (laughs) stuff like that. Like we're going to, we're going to be there for our kids. We're not going to put ourselves in a position to where we're, we're working so many days and or hours that we can't be there and see the moments with our kids. So you just, I think you just got to prioritize. I was just gonna say, I think that'll be kind of what you said as as far as like trying to how how do you kind of summed up how do you date your spouse after you have kids? Um, that'll be that'll be an episode for a later date because um, that'll be that's a whole topic. Um, and I and I want Abe to be here for that one too because um, I'd love for the I love for the guys that have been kind of through it. Mm-hmm. To be, I a think part that of would that be a solid Alex one too because he yeah, I'd love a lot to ha- work. I'd love to, I'd love to have some other people on on that episode because I think specifically Tyler and I won't have as much to say because we'll be we're still yeah. trying to figure we'll be figuring that out and um, oh definitely have, me neither you guys I have, have not I haven't worked you guys a weekend have 
in eight years. Uh, I haven't worked. I haven't worked an eight-hour day in <laughs> eight years. Get out of here! Like literally. So <clears throat> that's why I literally say I haven't. I, I I was blessed with a job that I don't think I would have appreciated it had it not been such a desire in my heart to be home as much as possible. Um, yep. Because like it goes back to the our podcast about who was your dad or what, who was your role model to that? I'm like, I always saw my dad as just a provider and I didn't want to just be that to my kids. I wanted yeah. to be a dad. I wanted to build the Legos. I wanted to go play in the backyard. I wanted to go do things and still provide. So, and yeah. that's not throwing any shade at people who have to work. Like I have union buddies who are working 12 hour days to provide for their family. And I get it. But I I would struggle with that personally. Um, have you guys <clears throat> have you guys ever had a situation come up where work um, kind of demands or asks so much of you, or it <clears throat> interferes um, kind of consistently into your family time or your marriage? Um, and if so, how did how did you handle that? Yeah, I had that with Toyota when I worked for Toyota, and. Um, how I handled that was I quit. Had <laughs> <laughs> a boy. Um, but it's kind of funny because I had a uh, I had a fake job like TJ for quite a while, and uh, it was really nice because after after working the dealership hours, like I've mentioned before, like 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and then you know, kind of recovering from that and taking a couple years off and just doing like a really mindless job where I could work like maybe three hours a day, and that was sufficient. For a few years, it was it was super nice. Got to do my own thing, and you know, had a really good balance with that. But then I found myself like super depressed because I wasn't utilizing any talents or anything like that. So um, I, I think I found a really solid balance right now with like I can. It's not. I don't feel like I'm climbing the corporate ladder because we are a smaller startup. But I also get to work from home, and like I'm finding success. While also on the flip side, you know, I can handle a huge client issue and then two seconds later I could be holding Evie and, you know, giving her kisses and stuff like that. So there's, there's, there's that balance right there that I think is, is super awesome. But the problem with myself is that I'll get hyper-focused on work and I can't, like I, I physically cannot take a break. Like I'll just skip lunch. I'll skip breaks. I got an hour and 45 minutes a day that I can just do whatever I want and I rarely take it because I'm just like, I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep going. But I realize, like going back to the quality time thing, like it, it's, it's actually hilarious to hear everybody say, yes, my wife's first thing is that quality mm-hmm. time. Like mostly, um, that's, that's, that's Marissa in a nutshell. And I never understood that really until I understood like that people, people don't want to be loved always how I want to be loved. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. funny that it took me so many years to realize that. Um, and then, so I, I started like looking into that and trying to just figure out like, okay, who is Marissa as a person and how can I, how can I love her? And it's funny because there was so, just so much miscommunication early on in our marriage and we're going on, this is our 13th year married. Um, there's just so much miscommunication early on in our marriage because like she was, she, she shows love by acts of service. Like she's not touchy feely or anything like that. 
I'm super touchy feely. Like TJ said, I'm just like, like that. If I get, if she gave me a hug every single morning, like I would be set. I would be set <laughs> every single day. And that's just, that's how I am. So it, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. So I've had to, I've had to stop myself and make sure that I take breaks at work and like go and visit with her. And, um, and like today after work, you know, I'm just, I'm taking a, I'm taking a break from kind of, video games for a while and just making sure that when I get off work, I'm actually spending quality time with her and Evie and like sitting down. And tonight we just kept like setting Evie up and then we'd be like, all right, walk to mommy. And she'd like walk and then like fall over. And we were just dying laughing. And Dom was at youth group and Mason was hanging out with us too. And we're all just like having a great time. And so I'm like learning, you know, going back to our kids and their love language, I'm learning that, I'm learning Mason's love language, you know, because I've always just assumed, oh, this kid is just a spitting image of me in every single way. But then I'm realizing, like, no, 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 he's his own unique person with his own unique needs, and you know, it quality time matters to him um, quite a bit as well. So, um, still trying to figure out Dom. Still trying to figure out, you know, what what his deal is because it's definitely not words of affirmation. He did. In a pep rally at school and he did um he shot like 10 10 three-pointers in a row or something like that like he just went wild like he just went crazy with it and yeah. everybody was cheering him on and everything and like we found out through mason and dom was like like i was like dom did you really do that he's like dad just stop like he doesn't want to be in the spotlight he just like <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's it's so interesting trying to trying to like have those conversations with him um but he's he's he is he's a listener so like i know that when i'm talking to him he's he's listening and the way that he shows his love is like he won't really say anything during the conversation but later that night he'll come over and give me a hug and he's like that i love you you know and he's 12 so it's it's just it means a lot to me that he's still like still shows that affection and everything but, yeah um it's huge yeah man and then little evie she's her love language dude is just anytime that I cheer her on or smile <laughs> at her or anything, dude, she's just got me. I, I'm, I'm almost convinced I'm having another boy because I, there's no freaking way I can handle another girl. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> like this, this little girl is just like <clears throat> constantly on my mind. Like, Oh my God, I just love her to death. But yeah, yeah, man. For those of you who don't know, um, listening, uh, Gordo announced a few weeks ago, <clears throat> a few days ago. I can't remember. It was a, little, it was a few weeks ago, I think. It was uh, some that, time ago. <laughs> that they're uh, they're they're pregnant again, and and having another baby. So let's go number four, baby. Did number four on the way? <clears throat> Dude, we went to Red Robin. So speaking of like date nights, Marissa was like. <laughs> I don't mean to embarrass you, babe. I love you. But she texted me the other day. We're like, because she texts me while I'm working, even though she's up in the other room. She just doesn't want to like walk in if I'm in a Zoom meeting or whatever. She texts me. She's like, I need you to take me on a date ASAP. And I was like, we need to go on a date. Like it's been over 365 days since you and I have gone out. Like we haven't gone out since we've had Evie. And um, so, yeah, we we went to Red Robin and I totally forgot she was pregnant. I'm like, babe, what do you? I like, grab the drink menu. I'm like, what? I'm like, let's get the same drink. Just being so corny, and she's like, what are you talking about? I can't drink. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, you can. She's <laughs> like, babe, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh my god. So I've pretty much every day when I wake up, I gotta like 
set a cal- set like a calendar reminder that we're having a fourth <laughs> kid because I don't know if that's normal or if I'm just like a terrible parent, but no, yeah. it's normal. It's, it's the like same the fourth one. We're like, it's yeah. the same thing I texted to Garrett this week, where it's like the people are only excited on your first kid, and then when you switch gender, when the you get the next gender child after oh, yeah. that, nobody cares anymore. Oh yeah, dude. yeah. And it kind of fits for you because you're like, oh, another kid, cool. I've done this before. Yeah, dude. We're like, we're like, all right. What does what does four do? Over three, I was like, well, I'm going to be spending a lot more time with Evie, but, you know, when Riss has the baby, but other than that, it doesn't, three to four was not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three was slightly bigger just because all of a sudden you're outnumbered. Yeah. (laughs) And then one to two was big, but three to four was just like, oh, cool. Just, just another kid. It was so different with ours. I feel like it was so different because like, I mean, we had the boys when we were. 18 and 19 with Dom and then 19 and 20 with Mason. So we had them so young that it was like, that was hard, but like we were young and had a ton of energy. We were just kids. So that was, it seemed simple, but then having Evie, like even though we were outnumbered, it was like we, in, in reality, we had like two more helpers. So, I mean, they're so good. She, she, Marissa always yells up the stairs to the boys. She's like, boys, so Evie couldn't say boys, so she calls him Boz. So she'll just like get on the stairs and just be like Boz, Boz. But she almost she said it today. She was like boys and yelled it up the stairs, and it's just so cute. <laughs> Come running down, and she's just like super crazy and so. <laughs> so it's it's they're they're really they're really really awesome with her, and I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see how they are with another so fun. one. Yeah. Garrett, I don't know if this is too far up talk off topic or if this would be a conversation for another time. Yeah. Or if we could get somebody who had kids later. Because from the sounds of it, all of us, with the exception of you, like my first kid was at 21 when my wife was 20. Yeah. And like we'd only been married like a year and a half, two years. And I think it's it's got to be different for people who got married and then waited like that five years to really engage with each other and solidify that husband and wife relationship before they became parents. I feel like all of us kind of got married and then we were parents. And I feel, I feel like some of the stuff that we have learned, we learned slower because we became parents early and I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. It's just, it would be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be, <clears throat> that'd be good for uh for a different episode um, to get some, some guys on for that for sure. <clears throat> Cause we, I mean, we got married, but then we will have, have had our kid like two and a half years after being married. So we still we've had our kid pretty early on. Yeah. We could definitely um, talk. We could definitely talk about that because there's a um, just from analyzing it. I mean, there's definitely like a like I talked. I think we talked about it before. There's like a grieving process. Like you are going to, and it's not a bad thing. I don't. I don't say this meaning like you're going to resent. It's not resent at all. But you are going to grieve the time that you have right now. Like where like this time right now where you and Kate are just hanging out. Like. Those are some of mine and Marissa's 
best memories while she was pregnant with Dominic. Like just, we built so like, those are just like the core memories that I go back to. And, you know, just like we would sit there, watch teen mom and just like, you know, just watch stupid shows and just enjoy ourselves and go for the weekend drive. Yeah. Go see something. And there's no diaper bag or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when all this stuff happens, it's like, yeah, it is stressful, but it's, you go through seasons in life and, and, and you guys will be just fine. It's, it's, it's super enjoyable. You're going to be like, Oh my gosh, we had so much time before this kid. It's (laughs) it's so weird. Even, even the simple things like leaving the house, dude, you're like, wow, how how is leaving the house so hard now? (laughs) Like, it's just, it just is. So yeah, just, just, I think the way you just prepare for that is just be like, I'm okay with entering this season, you know, just, just mm-hmm. be cool with it. And, and, uh, yeah, you're going to be, yeah, guys are gonna be our, great parents though. So our, our plan is to just take it day by day. Yep. Absolutely. There's, man. there's no, there's no point in kind of, you know, stressing no out plan. over and yeah. no point or stressing out and worrying about how things are going to work or what, you know, how are we going to do this or how are we going to do that? Or how are we going to make time for each other? Like, we'll figure it out. Like we'll, we'll take each day by stride and we'll find our rhythms and you know, yeah. what works for other people may not work for us and vice versa. Yeah. We're just going to have to, you know, just be adaptable and be flexible. And I think both of us being on the same page for that um, really helps. But for sure, man, for sure. It's weird that sometimes you have to plan to not plan. Like it's <laughs> like, you have to be prepared to be flexible. Yeah. It's kind of an oxymoron, but it is absolutely true that if you overthink it, you're going to hate it. But if you underthink it, everything's going to stress you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I just, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I don't know about your guys' parents, but like my parents, I came around, my parents had been married. For 12 years before I came around. Oh, wow. Jeez. And like, I can't even imagine that. I don't, I didn't want to start my family at 30. I did. Yeah. I, yeah. Not even. And then once we had one, we were like, we want them all close together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally sure. get that. Um, for our listeners, if you're wondering where Tyler went, uh, he had, uh, had to go take care of Aspen. Um, she is not wanting to go to bed, uh, because she had Dr. Pepper probably 25 <laughs> minutes ago. So, uh, but no, Tyler's got some dad stuff to take care of. So he had to go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've had, I've had a situation recently where I kind of had to put my foot down with work. Um, you know, where they're just taking up way too much time. Um, from my home life and from um, from kind of outside interests that I that I like to do, um, and I, I've, you guys, uh, TJ and Gordo are pretty familiar with it because I've talked with you guys about it quite a bit. But I had to, <clears throat> I had a job. I don't want to call them out because I I don't know if I'm friends with a lot of them on Facebook. I don't know if they listen to the podcast or anything like that. But I did have a job recently, um, and I don't want to throw them under the bus publicly. Um, just was asking way too much time of work and not, not wanting to honor any time off that I was going to, that I had put in formally, um, and taking like 
um, just taking advantage of some of the work policies that weren't set in place for time off. Um, and we're, we're trying to hold stuff against me um, that was like just not okay. Um, and just I was working 60 plus hours a week. Um, and I had to, it came to a point where I, you know, that I kind of had to draw a line in the sand and I was like, listen, like this is not okay. Um, and I, I want you to know that you're mistreating me, mistreating my family because of it. And because of that, I have to leave. Um, and I don't think that's got to be the end goal for every situation where work asks too much. But in my situation, that's what I had to do was kind of draw the line and say, hey, this is enough is enough. Um, so I don't know. I know. I just know for guys, work is kind of something that we easily bury our thing, our head into when um, stuff at home isn't going great or whatever. Like it's just easy to bury your head into work. Um, and I just want to challenge um, whoever's listening that that man, life is so much better than that, um, and there's so much more to live for than just burying your head at work. Because at the end of the day, work doesn't care about you like you care about it, or so it may seem. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's about investing your time into your family and into your kids um, and even yourself, um, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, prioritizing um, my marriage and my kids and my career um, looks different because we don't have our kid isn't here yet. He'll be here in and at most two months, uh, which is insane. Um, but then a month or two we'll have our have a little baby Zeke here um but i think kind of game planning mentally what is it going to look like for me to prioritize all three of them um and, and balance it per se um i was i was thinking about this question a little bit and i, I was digging in through my notes in my phone and i actually had um <clears throat> these sermon notes or message notes from our pastor from 2017 um about he titled the title of his message was the imbalance of passion um and basically just talked about how um, people who change the world aren't balanced they're passionate um and what draws your attention to people or your admiration to people isn't balance it's their their admiration your admiration of their passion of things um and and it's just about it's not balancing about stuff it's about what you're passionate about because passion is a choice you have to choose to be passionate about your marriage you have to choose to be passionate about your kids um and you have to choose to be passionate about your career but it's about how you prioritize those passions um so yeah i think it's just prioritizing and just i think it's always on the forefront of my mind like how am i if work starts getting heavy get like a, a heavy workload i have i'm just always thinking um and i guess it's just tra- how i trained myself is work's getting heavy workload how do how am i going to make up for this at home like how are we going to prioritize things at home like are we are we going <clears> to <throat> try to put a date night somewhere on the calendar um are we going to try to do this or do that or do we need to like subtract other things from our schedule to make time for each other um yep. <clears throat> that's kind of just i don't know i i guess it's not like a work a be all for everybody it's just kind of something that we've had to kind of learn as we go through the busy seasons of life is how are we we just constantly have it on our forefront of our mind of you know things are getting busy in this area how are we going to compensate for it or things are getting slower in this area all right let's take advantage of that um so i think you just always have to be you know constantly thinking about it and even if you're writing little notes in your phone reminders of like 
hey, you should take a date night here or whatever. Like we try to live by the rule of every every two weeks, we want to try to do a date night. Um, every two months, we want to try to do like a weekend getaway. Um, and then every two years, we try to do like a nice um, Trip. vacation. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're just we're constantly just trying to like how can we prioritize our marriage because we know if our marriage isn't good then the rest of us isn't good um, because our marriage is what's most important um, and yep. then I'm sure it'll be a whole other dimension once we get kids involved in the mix and whatnot but yeah it's but, fun but like you said it's all about that intentionality like yeah and yeah you built the good communication now. So that when you come around and you do have kids on, like in the house, you still have the you know maybe we're not every, maybe our date nights have changed from going out to eat to getting the kids put to bed and we're gonna just do something together, you know, yep. like that kind of stuff. It's all about the intentionality, and I will say that I struggled with that very strongly in like the first, I don't know, five years or so of our marriage. Where, you know, you're dating. It's very intentional. We're going to go out to eat. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do things together because that's where we get to spend our time together. Because then we're not at our parents' house or her parents' house. Um, But then you get into marriage and you stop working that same way. And yeah, that intentionality is huge. And I'm glad that you have realized it faster than I did. I mean, definitely. I mean, we've... I mean, we, I, w- I wouldn't say we reckon we learned it fast. I mean, we've only been married for three years, but we've been, this will be, I think our eighth year together. So, I mean, it's, and I've said, and obviously we're not perfect, but you know, we, we really try to, um, try to grow. Um, you know, we, one thing that we practice that we, um, started doing early on, I don't know how it came up, but we kind of just gave each other the ability to just ask each other, like, what's one thing that I can focus on being better at? Or what's one thing I can do better? And whatever, whatever they say, we aren't allowed to be defensive. Um, so, you know, if she, if I'm like, Hey, Kate, what's one thing that I can be better at? What's one thing I can be working for to be better for you? Um, and she says, you know what, like you're on your phone too much. Um, I'd really like if you would just put down your phone. I don't get to be like, well, you know, work was asking about that. Or, uh, you know, I was talking about the podcast guys about this or like, no, I don't get to be defensive. I don't get to whatever. I say, okay, sounds good. I'll work on that. Um, yep. And it's just kind of opened our lines of communication to not overload each other with things that we can be working on or things that are annoying, but like kind of give each other like bite-sized pieces to work on. Um, and um, you know, thankfully we haven't, we haven't had one of those, those moments in a while, but you know, we probably should and constantly just asking each other like, Hey, what, how can I be better for you? How can we communicate better? How can we, um, you know, how can we grow together better? Yeah. It's all about the communication and expectations. Yeah. Those are the two keys, honestly. For sure. That's definitely something I've, I've, I've been terrible at is like, relaying how I feel rather than just blowing up. So that's definitely something I've been working on is like just relaying my expectations and not expectations. Like I expect you to complete this list by 9 PM. Like (laughs) not like that, but just like, yeah. Hey, like here's what I'm going to do to, you know, support the family. And then, you know, here is 
not not like laying out what she has to do, but just just like here's what you do, here's what I do, and like any way that we can we can help each other get better, we'll definitely communicate that. You know what I mean? So it's like we have clear cut yeah. expectations of what each of us are going to do. Like she knows that from nine to six every day, like I'm going to be working. However, I will when I break and come up there, like that time is that time is theirs. I try not to break that, you know, for, for however long I'm, I'm taking a break for. Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely nice. We just communicate. We just say, Hey, this is what we need. This is what we're feeling. It definitely helps. I mean, we have our blow ups. We've been together 13 years. So like, we kind of know, like, here's just like a standard argument we're going to go through. We are going to like, we love each other. And we'll even say that sometimes in the argument, like, I love you, but like, you're just really pissing me off right now. Like just, just stop talking. And I, I have a really good tendency to, to piss people off. I'm pretty probably like certified or licensed in it. Um, so a lot of the time it's me pissing her off and then having to, you know, fix it after the fact. Um, but we're learning as we go, even 13 years in, it's like, it's like every day that I look at her, I'm just like, man, I love you like the same. I love you way more than I did the first day I met you, but just like the feeling that I get is still there. And so that's just, yeah. it's not that I'm going after that feeling. It's just, it's nice though to be like, man, I feel the same way about you now as I did when we were just young kids, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm just rambling on now. I'm just rambling on. We have to get way better. We, we, we're the worst with planning things. So we don't plan a lot. We just wing a lot. So if like we're feeling stressed, we're like, we just call my parents. Hey, you guys watch the kids. All right, cool. We'll be there in 10 minutes. So we need to get better with planning. That's, that's something we have to get better at. And I think, uh, I heard someone at work the other day say that they're like, they're like, what do you do? Like, I forget what it was. We were doing like an icebreaker for new hires. And it was something about somebody said that they go to a Brazilian steakhouse like every two weeks. So that like we get paid every two weeks. Yeah. We get paid every two weeks, but that's like, that's like, her and her husband's thing that they do and i'm like well yeah. i i don't know what kind of money you make but i'm not gonna be uh <laughs> we're not exactly. we're gonna probably be doing red robin but that's what i thought of i was like that's that's actually a good idea like maybe every two weeks we just go out and get something to eat i mean we were out for an hour but just just like having that time where we could just focus on each other you know and just yep. yeah. we we're sitting there and we're like we don't know what to do with our hands it was like it's like freaking Ricky Bobby, dude. We're like, we don't know what to do with our hands. Like, we don't have kids. Like, we just are <laughs> sitting here and talking. And like, we're like, can we really wait 30 minutes for our table? And we're like, yeah, we can. Because we can just talk, you know? And just, it was, it was cool, man. So it definitely, definitely was needed after a year of us just being like way too attached to our first daughter. And we're like, all right, it's time to, time to, time to break and, you know, put some, prioritize each other again. Yep. Um, you know, prioritize Jesus always and then each other and then the trickle down from there. So when you have the thing, when you have that in the right order, everything works out way better. When it starts, yeah. when it's the scale starts tipping a little bit, you, you can definitely tell and it sends that little ripple effect. But, um, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> since Emily works from home and I get home by like 11 to noon, most days we've done the once a week, we order Mexican food. We literally just eat a burrito on the freaking couch together. And like not in the TV room, we have the parlor with no TV. We just sit and do a date night at home. 
that's that's been ours because I can't afford a Brazilian steakhouse every two weeks. <laughs> I wish I could. Then I'd be much larger than I currently am. That would be that'd be fun. I've only been to one Brazilian steakhouse and I wasn't too impressed. But yeah, that means you didn't go to the right one. Went to Texas State, Brazil. There's a place up here called Fogo de Chao, which is to die we for. Have, and we, we have one as well. I just haven't been there. The place is bomb, but we only go there when the owner of my company comes into town and he <laughs> buys <is>. everything. <laughs> and I think last time, uh, the last dinner we had was like almost 1800 bucks. Oh my God. For how many people? Uh, about 10 of us. Oh my God. It's like you're having dinner at Salt Bay's. But, but if you break that down with drinks, that's only like 180 per person. So that's not actually yeah. that bad. <clears throat> I mean, it's expensive, but it's not like in like out of this world. Yeah, it's not as painful because M and I have definitely gone like a $200 dinner on or a $250 dinner on just the two of us. Yeah. We, which hurts every time. Because I look at him like, really? Yeah. Really? We do that every once in a while. Blurge. Did you? Uh, did you? I know we we had texted about it. Did you want to talk at all about um, <clears throat> how to kind of prioritize your marriage over um, kind of serving at church? We don't have to talk about it. Okay. But I'm. I mean, I'm fine with it. For me, uh, I came from a church that was a very use, 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 use and abuse you kind of place. Um, and I, I'm in there kind of like what Gordo was talking about with work that once I get into that mindset, that's all that's on my mind. So if, if I, and I'm not one of those people that like only gives like 50%, like I'm going to go a hundred percent in. And because my love language is acts of service, uh, I will feel beholden so it was it was honestly what got me out of that was leaving that church honestly um and now i go to a church that is very supportive of family that we are first and foremost like your family is first and foremost um so that's a big balance but at the same time like we have rehearsals on thursday nights i spend time in the studio either like recording parts for songs or if i can helping mix things like we put up youtubes of events and stuff like that and trying to learn to do that because i want to get better so that i can help more at the church um but um it's that's another one because i always connected being a good christian with serving in the church Mm-hmm. And uh, part, yes, you. I would argue that you are called to serve and contribute to your local church, but if that is at the compromise of your godly position of being the head of your household, then I would say you are failing. And yeah. that was a that was a big moment for me, where I was like, you know, I can do all these good things in the church, but if I'm failing as a father and as a husband, then I'm failing in the most important thing God has entrusted me. He doesn't. He would rather me be a good father than me be a good guitar player. Yeah. So when you when you say failing as a husband, is that something that you 
kind of internalize, have an internal moment where you go, oh, crap, I'm failing? Or is that something that usually Emily will have to call you out on? Uh, I feel it. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I've been long and married long enough to know when my wife is not uh, both not happy or not fulfilled. Yeah. And those I, I can usually tell. And if I'm introspective enough, I realize, oh my gosh, I've been gone five of the last seven nights, which mm-hmm. means I get home from work. I get, I get home around noon and then I'm leaving to head to church at like three 30. So my wife has me for like two and a half hours, but in that two and a half hours, I've also rehearsed three songs. I've been in ears in freaking running through the interface and that's not really family time. I'm not contributing because my wife is trying to keep the kids out of the office while I'm practicing guitar because they just mess with things. So I'm just, not i'm not there for the kids i'm not helping her not there at dinner time which is important um i'm not helping get them to bed i'm not getting them into the bath i'm not i'm uh, my wife pretty much becomes a single mother in those circumstances yeah Yeah. and it's been balanced A, a lot of balance and a lot of being a part of a team or a church that is very family focused which has been huge and a huge answer to prayer for us yeah but that balance i do think there has to be balance uh especially because to those of us we're all fairly involved in church um it's almost like a second job and it it can be 100 percent the best second job possible but yeah it can also be very all-consuming when you're a dedicated volunteer and you take it very seriously yeah i have i definitely have the same tendencies of you like i my the way that i best give love is acts of service as well so i when i'm not involved and i'm not spending time there i feel that like i feel like i'm not a part of the church and i feel like i'm letting them down or i feel like they don't want me or like you just all the mind games start going um yep and it it definitely it, i was in a very unhealthy place serving wise a few years ago to where um you know i i found all my worth and found all my identity in what i was doing at the church um and i was so wrapped up in and getting a job there and wanting to work there and i didn't i didn't get the job <clears throat> which thankfully they didn't give it to me because i wouldn't have been ready for it then um but I I was devastated, and it like it was like almost a complete identity crisis. Um, and then thank God I had Kate to kind of help me walk through that. Um, but since then, you know, it was a long road road to recovery. But like, it's so worth kind of having that breakdown moment to get to a healthy place of knowing like how much time to serve and and ha- making time for my family and and realizing that my family like I can't serve the church if my family isn't doing well. Because yeah. the church, me serving needs to be an outpouring of, you know, my, my life. And if my life isn't great, then like, what am I, what am I giving the church and what are they receiving? And so. I think Alex yeah. brought it up one time in a, uh, one time that he and I were just talking because I was kind of spilling my guts to him about this same issue. He's like, there are times with us who contribute strongly to the church but the church can become an idol. Like, not, like, 
our position or what we're doing has taken more focus than our walk with God. And yeah. that was like an eye opener. So I was like, I've definitely made it an idol. Like it is, I'm not there for God. I'm there to play guitar or I'm yeah. there to be on stage and stuff like that. And that was, that was a big moment where it's like, Oh, got to have your priorities. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it has to be an outpouring. If it's yeah. not, then you're kind of missing the mark. Yeah. I, I, I always have to almost every time before I, I accept like a request, I have to um, kind of recenter myself of what the what the bullseye is, um, because I don't want to go back to that place where it being unhealthy anymore. Well, hey, if you have any questions or topics that you want us to talk about, uh, please reach out on Instagram or email, or if you just want to direct message any of us individually, um, we'd be more than happy to. Uh, to talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, I prefer Spotify and Tyler somehow prefers Apple music. Um, I prefer uh, Apple music. Oh, oh my God. God. Abe, you're the tiebreaker. Abe, if you're out there somewhere, dude, he's on aisle five and Kroger. Right he's, now, chasing, he's chasing down goat man and Kroger. Yeah, he is a hundred percent. Dude. I was so proud of there not being a single goat man reference <laughs> this entire <laughs> podcast. We almost made I it. Mean, we almost it. made it. You ruined it. We almost did. We almost it's did. who we are at some point. That's who we are. We are goat man. Dude, I'm we, excited for the day that Gordo comes out here and I get a, like a freaking phone call and he's like, Hey man, I'm at SeaTac. I'm looking for Bigfoot. Can you just pick me up? <laughs> Drop me in the mouth. Dude, I'm so glad you said that because now I'm gonna feel way less weird when I bring it up to you. So this is awesome, dude. This is this is great. Dude, for real though, like I I I would love to go looking for Bigfoot, but on the other, like on the flip side, so it's funny because Ohio and then the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia are like the three top areas for bigfoot so like the problem is though dude is like i'm not gonna go out looking for this stuff because there's some freaky there's some other things like i'm not scared of bigfoot i don't want to see a freaking skinwalker dude no, never dude. <laughs> never dude, dude. You get some that gets into old. demonic if territory I, dude if i see no. a Diego, i'm out of there dude, <laughs> yeah. you get into some of those old like oh. uh I think it would be Native American stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard a few. Those dude, will keep you up yeah. at night. Dude, I live. Like, yes. And I live in a heavily Native American, like, I, I wouldn't say burial grounds, but you've got to imagine there's some burial grounds. I live in Arrowhead Beach. All of our all of our street names are Indian. And like, this is a Lake Erie was heavily pop- populated. I looked it up some time ago, but Anyways, there's, if you guys ever heard of the, uh, they call them Native American burial ground, burial mounds. But anyways, there's a whole, there's a whole conspiracy around it that they're actually mounds from the, uh, the giants built like these mounds and like they're buried in them and all this, all this interesting stuff. So yeah, I think we wrap up the podcast and then we keep (laughs) this going. (laughs) All right. uh, Until next time. (laughs) I'm Cameron. Wait, wait, hang on. Let me redo that. I'm Cameron. (laughs) I'm Gordo. I'm TJ.
<laughs> I'm Garrett. By the way, by the way, Tyler's first name is actually Cameron. He goes by Tyler. So that's who Cameron is. He has two Cameron. first names too. He does. He does. But one of them is his middle name, I assume. I, we don't know at this point. We haven't seen a birth certificate. We haven't even verified if he's really Tyler or Cameron. My middle name or is also his name. Yeah. He could be AI for all we know, dude. That's that's how the AI is going to get us. They pose as Tyler or Cameron. This is it, dude. <laughs> all right. Well, remember that, being, remember that being good enough isn't the goal. The goal is progress over perfection. Let's all try to be a little bit better this week than we were last week. You got this. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye, buddy. And your dad. <laughs>